everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us for this second hour. I'm Stephanie March. I'm here with a Kitchen in the Markets Molly Herman today. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are yeah, you? Good. Very good. Second hour. Let's I know, go. Second hour. Let's do that. Let's have a little chat. Well, let's kick it off with uh, Top 2 at Hour 2. Give him the old one, one, two, one, two. And now, the Weekly Dish presents Top 2, Top 2. The Top 2. Pick your best two. In Hour 2. All right. Give me two. Winning, winning, winning. All right. This is the time of the show where we traditionally talk about the things that we are kind of super loving this week. And so let's begin. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? You go ahead. Okay, I'm going to start. It's my show. Um, I'm going to start with uh, something that we shared together this week, which, and we've kind of been teasing it because I'm saying what a revelation. It, uh, we happened to pop into Bachelor Farmer. Uh, we had a meeting in the area and we thought, and then we had some other stuff going on. Um, and so we popped into Basher Farmer for a little bit of uh, nosh. And I got to tell you, a lot of the reason that we went, I, I, the absolute reason that we went there is yeah. because I had been surfing the menus online because they do have a new chef there. They do. And, and he's only been there how many months? Jonathan Gans. He's only been there since fall, I think. Yeah. So he's sort of coming into his own. I feel like, you know, you got to give a guy time to like learn the kitchen, learn the area. Sure. He's from Seattle, but he's been in Minneapolis for a long time. So it's not like he's new to the area, but just learning the whole thing. Um, Anyway, Bachelor Farmer definitely has a style. Well, but does it? Because it's not really Nordic anymore. In the past, it has had a style. Yeah. We'll we'll evolve into that. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, on the menu was something called wild rice porridge. Mm-hmm. And I am down for porridge. <laughs> Just to be clear, this the entire conversation about grits that we had earlier in the show, and if you missed it, of course, you can always download it on podcast. But the first hour we talked extensively about grits. And the reason we did is because I have been thinking about comfort in a bowl. And I've been thinking about it because... Obviously, I was drawn to get to a restaurant, drove there, made sure I was there when it opened at 530 and sitting at the bar so that I could get wild rice porridge. And it was worth it. It was delicious, (laughs) you guys. I loved the fact that it was this cheesy, beautiful bowl. If you think of wild rice and you think of creamy wild rice and sort of chicken wild rice soup, and it's always still kind of like almost like a grainy, you know, like there's usually like a crunch to it, but it doesn't really have a presence. This had a presence, but it was also not overwhelming. And it was just sort of cheesy, warm, and and almost like gritzy in a weird way. It, it was. And I mean, there's some, you know, accoutrement. There's an egg, a soft-cooked had, egg, yep. and some like little there rye There's some mushrooms. And, yep. Um, it was very, very, very delicious. Yes. I would go back for that in a heartbeat. I'm thinking about it. I'm just thinking about going back for that. And I think it gives extra props because it's a vegetarian entree. Yeah. It is on no the meat. entree section, and it, there's no meat. It is a hearty enough bowl. You and I split it. Yeah. But I would absolutely eat, be we able to. We would have horked it ourselves. I would have, have absolutely <laughs> licked the bowl all by myself. Um, but I do think that Stephanie Meyer on my Instagram post nailed it. It's Minnesota kanji. It is. As much as I am completely obsessed with kanji as well, which yeah. is also a comforting bowl. Same. And, and kanji is porridge. It's porridge. Yeah. It's just rice porridge of a different nature. I obsessed. So anyway, wild rice porridge, bachelor farmer. If you go and you know, there's a woman named Ann Clifford there. Let her pick your wine. Yes. She is brilliant. Yes. She and did an awesome. amazing job. Yeah. So there you uh, go. And next time we're, and we are going to go back and yeah, we are going to go time <laughs> to be clear <clears throat> next time. And we will be ordering the wild rice. Porridge. Yes. Maybe okay. two bowls. What's your next, what's your first one? Um, something that I used last night oh, and yeah. I was just like, you know, I got this as a wedding present 23 years ago. Oh, yeah. 
You're a long timer. 23 years ago. Well done, Keith. And we still use it. And it is a Lodge double burner cast iron griddle. Oh. So it fits over two burners. Okay. And we got it mainly to cook pancakes because Keith grew up in a family where they had pancakes every Saturday. Oh, wow. And the parents made their own syrup, although it was like artificial syrup, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, pancakes were a very big tradition. And so that was something that was given to us for our wedding. And... Uh, on the flip side, you flip it over and it's a grill. Oh, so it's like this one thing, that one has big thing that you pull, you put it on top of two your purposes. Okay, um, and it fits over two burners on your stove, and it can absolutely go fit on your grill too if you want. Just if you need a slab instead of a yeah, um, you know, a, a solid surface instead of a grill surface to, right. to cook on. But um, twenty three years still looks great. Used it last night. Made some chocolate chip pancakes to ward off the uh, for dinner. <laughs> To ward off the wow. the snow, yeah, we were. That's how we were. That's how you cozying coped. up. Yeah, I so cope anyways. with starch. You coped with well, well starch. starch and yeah, right. Just a little bit of sugar Just with, with it. some maple syrup. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, so yes, we we use it quite how, a bit. And so you got it. So you don't know how much those suckers run. I put a link up on the grid. Oh, and it, it's only fifty one bucks. Oh, that's not bad no. for something you would use if you're making. And you can make smash burgers on it. Yes, that's absolutely. If I had a better venting in my little house, I would totally. Use cook that. eggs and usually when i pull it out for pancakes it stays on the stove for a while and yeah. i wind up cooking everything on it yeah. like um you know eggs and whatever it just becomes another skillet you know what that's a really good way that's a good gift for someone who's just moved into a house or something like yes. that to sort of like something that they don't expect that they mm-hmm. may never you know that's a thing that you may never ask for yeah especially starting out but like if that exactly you guys got it because you got married and that's like kind of an interesting yeah and they have a single burner option mm-hmm. you know if you, if it's just you're cooking for one or two and you have less less room on your stove or whatever but yeah. we have the double burner option and i really like that i miss my griddle that's that um okay so second for me in top two and hour two is i did get a chance to go hang out uh at penny's coffee this week and t- chat with their with their chef sean mckenzie and i think she has not gotten enough attention can I just say that that picture of that croissant I was know, you guys. unreal? I have to tell you something. I did not fully express the love of the croissants because I was sort of focusing on her new program, sure. which has got a lot of Israeli-focused food and flavors. And so that's very interesting to me. But the seriousness of the butter in her croissant, the butter level in her croissant is ridiculous. It is beautifully... like I, If I'm going to eat a croissant, I don't want it to be this sort of fluffy, light... Thing that is sort of you, you know the the crunch and crackle yeah i want crunch and crackle yeah. i want it, i do want it to be all over my shirt and i want it to be like where i'm almost like wiping the butter off my face without having applied any butter and that filled that the sounds bill. decadent filled the bill and not something for lent no not for lent you're gonna have to do that before <laughs> lent but i will I, I will tell you that they have uh beautiful pastries and they obviously are growing and they're gonna open in Wyzetta. For all of our we subbing listeners out there in the former, uh, the old ampersand building next to Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited for that um, because they'll have crepes and they have salads and sandwiches. So it's a little bit more of a cafe than um, just a coffee shop. So it'll be kind of exciting. Very exciting. And so that's, is Penny still owned by Dean Phillips and Ben Hertz? Yes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it is. Okay. Yep. And so those two are, uh, those two are kind of the main owners of it. And then um, they've got a nice little clutch of people built into it that are sort of helping bring it along sure so that'll be fun well uh, dean's a little busy he's got stuff going on he's not in town he's out of town (laughs) uh what's your second one 
Uh, my second one is actually some, a question I get asked all the time mm-hmm. because Kitchen the Market is located inside the Midtown Global Market, for those of you that do not know. And so people that don't come to the market regularly, they're always like, well, where should I eat yeah. at the market? Um, and sometimes we get a little jaded because we're there every day. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. you just get tired of the same thing every day. But I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, you know what? There's there's a couple places that I obviously always recommend and that I go to frequently. But one of those is Sabai, which is the uh, Thai place. It's a Cambodian Thai sort of mishmash um, in the market. And I eat there more often than I think. Really? When, when I started like sitting down, I'm like, well, how many times did I eat at Sabai this week? Yeah. Uh, their curries are amazing. Get it mild, though, because they will make your eyeballs sweat. Nice. Um, their Tom Yum soup I crave when wow. I'm sick, especially. Yeah. Uh, their Pad Thai. Pad Thai is one of those things that when I see it on the menu, I always get it to try it out. Yeah. It's like sort of my harbinger. It's sort of a, t- it's a litmus test yeah. in a place. And uh, their Pad Thai is really good. Oh, nice. Yeah. So anyway, I Sabai is one of my second. I'm like, you know, I need to give them a little shout out because I eat there quite often. That's funny. I don't funny. think people know how much I love it. Yeah. No, I've I've never eaten at Sabai, now that you say that. Are they newish? I mean, were no, they- they've been there for years. Really? Yeah. And everybody talks about their chicken wings. I haven't. Tr- uh, you need. OK, we got to do this because you're a wing yeah, gal. I'm a huge wing gal. Um, I don't uh, traditionally get that because I'm. You know, I, I need something that I can like put aside and then come back to, which is usually noodles or rice or something like that. But uh, everybody talks how amazing their wings are. Huh. They have an oyster ring and a, I don't know. Anyway. We'll are they saucy wings. sticky wings? Yes, they are sticky yeah. wings, not dry rub. I mean, I'm okay with saucy sticky wings and just that I'm not going to, it's like, those aren't the ones that I crave. You know, right. I crave a dry crisp wing and a sauce on the side is great. Sure. But I just am, yeah, I don't know. I'm just that way. So anyway, if you're yeah. at the Midtown Global okay, and actually they have, they have two locations. There's one in Shakopee and then they have uh, their location inside the Midtown Global Oh, Market. really? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good to know too. Um, Shakopee is kind of a, and there's a lot of stuff that kind of pops up over that way too. Yeah. Um, okay, What? just quickly while we're talking about the Midtown Global Market, what is your yes. second favorite thing over there? Uh, ooh, well, Hot Indian. I okay. love Hot Indian. That's a real easy one. And then Moroccan flavors. Yeah, I was going to say. It's hard to not get that. Manny's tor- There's too many things. There's Taco Kitties. There's, there's, yeah. Yeah, all the there's things. so many good things. Right. Um, I just thought I'd put you on the spot yeah. for that. Okay, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to have Amanda Pa on the line, and she is going to talk about a new thing she's doing over on Facebook that I think Weekly Dishers, you guys, are going to get behind. So we'll be right back. This is The Weekly Dish, brought to you by My Talk 1071. That is a lovely cover of that. I what do love a great it. way to introduce Miss Amanda Pa with Killer Queen. I mean, come on. She's pretty much the Killer Queen. Are you not, Miss Amanda? Squash. Are you there? <laughs> I am here. Hello. Hi, Amanda. You didn't know that, that was going to be your intro music, did you? That might be the best intro ever. I mean, I think that's great. Uh, so, yeah. Miss Amanda Pa, you guys, is of course Heartbeat Kitchen is her, you know, I don't know, is it your handle, your blog, your how, your, your sort yeah, of. Your, my blog, my brand. Um, your alter I think ego. That's a good, all the things. And so, what I love about uh, Amanda, besides the fact that she's just around town doing good things and writing about good food, um, she has launched, you guys, a cookbook club. And this is a thing where, by the way, 
I wanted to make sure that I highlighted it because Lord knows on Weekly Dish, I have talked about doing a cookbook club forever. And to do this kind of thing takes such dedication and really presence. And Amanda is doing it the way that I would have wanted to do it if I had time. So I want to make sure and celebrate you because you were doing all the right good things. And I think that Weekly Uh, Dishers are going to love it. So, yeah, well, that's awesome. And I, I am really excited about it. And it, it's kind of one of those things that I decided to do because I wanted to be engaged and cook with people. I just felt like there's got to be more people that feel like this, that they want to do it, you know? Right. Yeah. So. There's, well, and Elizabeth Reese, when she was on one time with me, we talked about uh, this last summer how we don't, you know, we have all these books on our shelves. And mm-hmm. yet there's a lot of times where you kind of don't know what's you're, you're kind of wondering what to cook in them. And it's sort of like you have to go back to them and it's harder and harder to go back to them when you don't feel like you have a resource or there's no reason to. You kind of need a nudge. And uh, so what I like about this is that so Amanda's book is called The One Cookbook a Month Cooking Club. And so it's a cooking yes. club, but it's really about looking at one cookbook a month, right? Yes. And the reason that I started this in the first place was we recently moved, um, like, November and December. We were moving um, not far, just to Hudson, mm-hmm. Wisconsin. We're across um, the border now. Paul. Yeah, yeah, from St. Paul. But I, you know, we moved ourselves. And as I was loading up the car with these 70-plus cookbooks i was like um Um, if i'm moving all of these and taking the energy to do it i'm gonna start cooking from these because i literally couldn't remember the last time that i had opened you know one of them and it was like these are such beautiful cookbooks and i i got them obviously because i was intrigued with either you know whoever wrote them or the recipe style or whatnot and so I figured that for my own accountability, if I started a virtual cooking club where I had other people to cook with um, and, you know, was like every month we're going to do just one cookbook so that we didn't get overwhelmed, you know, um, I was like, I think I can do this. (laughs) And it was it was really just, I mean, literally a two day like okay, I'm going to do this. And I just started it. <laughs> and you just did it. Good for you. And I think and you. I we all it. get in ruts too about what cookbooks we do go to and you sort of forget about what else is on your shelf or in the yes. back. Yes, exactly. Well, and also I think, you know what's really funny is that I think most of our revelations, I think on the show we've all found because, you know, we do the cookbook swap in mm-hmm. October. Right. And we find that yep. most people have to confront this issue when they're moving. I swear to God, Amanda, when it you is. were moving, I was like, this is something's going to happen. Because literally, if you are a food person, and you you have all these books, you have to then make decisions. And so yeah. what I love about that is like saying, if I'm going to move them, I'm going to cook from them. Mm-hmm. And I love yeah. that idea. So what you guys have been doing is so you have this community. It's a Facebook group. So you have to join. You have to just send her a little note and we're going to put a link yep. up to it. And then yep, you basically select the cookbook. And then are you picking four recipes for the month? I pick four recipes for the month. And I usually try to do like one breakfast, um, two dinners or like a side dish and a dinner and then one dessert so that. You know, you're kind of getting a good feel for the entire cookbook, even though you're only cooking four recipes. And um, with that, I do a Facebook Live in the group every week um, showing me cooking that recipe and just 
talking about it just like you would do at a cookbook club if you were sitting around a table. Um, And I give like my tips that I've, you know, found as I go through the recipe or, you know, since I'm gluten free, I will always share how I adapted the recipe to make Mm -hmm. it gluten free so that everybody else can too. Um, Which, and so that's also another, you know, accountability for me is like, I have this Facebook live and I need to, you know, meal prep for it, like grocery shop and get it on the books and I'm going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that's, and that is a thing where like you have this community that's kind of already around you with Heartbeat Kitchen, but then this sort of opens up a whole different way because it is interactive because people are making their own, you know, linguine with cauliflower pesto and posting the pictures after you do it. And it's that thing. Of it's that thing where you're in it together. You're not just passively watching somebody else do it. You're you're within the moment. Well, and I think in utilizing Facebook Live, people can interact with you and send you messages or ask you questions um, yeah. that you're able to then respond to right away. Exactly. And the cool thing about Facebook Live, too, is like, yeah, you can watch it live, but it's always there. So those people, like, it, you don't have to tune in at 12 noon when I'm on. Like, you can watch it later in the day and ask questions or just, like, watch, you know, a few minutes of it or whatnot. Um, So, and like it, I can't tell you how fun it is to see people posting pictures of them cooking it. Also the recipe in their new, in their homes and being like, you know, I didn't have this ingredient. So I swapped this in and it still worked great. And it's like, that's what this is all about. (laughs) Well, and I love it because you are, I mean, Amanda, you are just an actual human, you know, in in terms of that, this isn't like this massively overproduced lighting, perfect everything. It's just you in your kitchen and you're relatable and you're someone who, you know, we're friends with, but like anybody would see that you would be someone who you, you would follow their cooking style because you're just like all of us. Yeah, I am a home cook. Yeah. <laughs> and I am cooking in my kitchen that we also just started renovating. So it's not pretty. And I've really been kitchen care. renovations. My goodness. Didn't you just oh renovate your last one before you moved out? Yes, because we didn't <laughs> think we were moving. And then it was my dream kitchen. So if anybody wants to go and look at it, I have a couple posts up on my blog about it. But I never even got to cook in it one time. Oh, and <laughs> oh God, that's a heartbreak. Your dream kitchen. Me, yeah, Brian promised me that he would renovate this one too. So it okay. goes okay. to him. Well, because, <laughs> and you are a cook. All right, so let's <laughs> yeah. talk about, and an author. So let's talk about uh, what's on tap. Okay, so what was the last cook for February? It was the Smitten Kitchen, right? February was Smitten Kitchen Cookbook. Um, I loved it. I've had that book for like five years. It was her very first cookbook. Um, mm-hmm. So we made four recipes from that. And January was The Minimalist Kitchen by the Faux Martha. Yeah. Um, great recipes as well. And just I thought like a good like starting the new year, clean your kitchen, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then for this month, and so each month too at like towards the end of the month, I give people two choices to vote on. Oh, good. Like, which one would you like more? Um, so this month, the group picked, I did, they chose between Plenty by um, Olingi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, The Pretty Dish by Jessica Merchant, who writes um, How Sweet Eats. And they picked The Pretty Dish. Oh. So we are cooking from that one. And I'm really excited to, to get started. I've made one recipe from there last fall when I first, or last spring when I first got the recipe, when I first got the cookbook. But, again, 
I haven't picked it up since. <laughs> yeah, and so I love so, the idea also that you have a link in the in the group. So if you don't have the pretty dish, you can buy it through. You can just click into uh, into the group, and that you have a link to go buy it on Amazon. But you could ostensibly watch all month and see how everybody's cooking does, and see if you feel like that's a thing you want to do, and then buy the book too. Right. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. And I always suggest to people like I give the Amazon link and on Amazon they have used books and so I always give them like you know the the lowest cost for the um the used price so like most of them are between 10 and 15 bucks and it's like that's if you don't have it and you get through the first couple recipes and are like oh I think I do want this cookbook you know instead of buying a brand new one just buy a used one because most of the time there's like not even a single mark on them so yeah, it's, and they're just going to be in your kitchen anyway, getting marked up. I know. This exactly. is my thing. All right, lady. Yeah. Well, this is awesome, and I want to thank you so much for putting time and efforts into this because this is exactly what I want, but I can't do. So. <laughs> well, thank you. And to anybody, we the more the merrier. Join the Facebook group. And, you know, on Instagram, I'm at Heartbeat Kitchen, and I have a lot of information on there too and we'd love to have you join the over 100 of us already in the group yeah there's like 116 and i am a member and i'm not saying i'm gonna cook but i'm gonna watch (laughs) and then i'm gonna cook a little bit but i'm also gonna (laughs) vote because i'm gonna try to steer you toward the books i want you to cook from there you go great to talk with you amanda thanks amanda you too all right we'll be right back Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We, of course, have a presence on the Facebooks. If you guys want to check us out, we have Weekly Dish over there. Also, of course, the Weekly Dish Instant Potters for the Instant Pot group. Um, Just some really great great people hanging out there. You know, some 5,000 of them. And uh, as we... (laughs) Crazy enough, just, a small uh, group. just keep climbing, and I love that. But um, you know, just making sure that we uh, that we have uh, you know the resources there. The great thing about the weekly editions and powders, you guys, searchable. Don't forget if you don't, you know, like that thing has been going on now for a couple of years, I think. Has it really? Has it really? When did I get my Instant Pot? I can't remember even. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but we are, uh, we uh, yeah, there's 5,000 members as of today. 5,046 members as of today. And just knowing that there's a lot of things in there that you can search. Some people send questions like, I need a pork recipe for carnitas. And I think, well, if you use the little search bar, search this group and search carnitas, right. you know, it's been, people have been talking about carnitas for a while. So that's mm-hmm. a good option and a tool to start there. And, just saying that you might find it, you might get better response that way than just posting. Right. Don't know. But lots of great things. Lots and lots of great things. Um, all right. We we're talking a little bit about some restaurant gossip and some stuff because in the last half of the show, uh, we're going to have Ann Kim on and we're going to talk about Young Joni. So I wanted to make sure to cover some of the, uh, you know, things that are going on around town right now. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you something. Go it's Bachfest today, which <laughs> I, it's too early for me. It's too early. I need it to be a little bit later in March so that I can be well prepared to Feel think like about, it is yeah, about to be spring. Spring. and But I mean, Shell's Bachfest, if you guys haven't gone and if you're thinking today you're just putzing around and need a diversion, dang, drive to New Ulm, you guys, because it is one heck of a party down there. And it's their spring celebration. And if you find they have seven box, you know, these sort of artificial deer. <laughs> hidden around the brewery in the woods and if you find them and bring them back to the brewery it's supposed to end winter so get on it well do that right get away on Post it taste but of course they have uh they have lots of, they've got 
God, they've got so much food. They've got great music. They've got, it's an outdoor fest. So, you know, dress gear up. Yeah, but there's plenty of people with furry hats, mittens, coats, everything. And it's a lot of fun. It's time to be a true Minnesotan. It is. And if you haven't had your beer poked, because there's, for some reason, everyone is just starting to talk about beer poking this year. I don't even know what that is. You don't know what that is? No. When you take a good, like, good dark beer, yeah. any beer, really. But, I mean, so what they do is they heat up these pokers. They heat them up so that they're red hot, like white hot poker. Okay. And then you put it into your beer, and it caramelizes around it. It kind of... But you caramelize some of the sugars in the beer, and you get a really toasty, yummy beer situation. Okay. I know. I'll trust you on that. But there's beer poking. So anyway, uh, what else is going on? Uh, well, speaking of Young Joni, we had the chef from uh, Young Joni, Mike Shaughnessy, is now at Mill Valley Kitchen. Okay. And he has a new, they're working on new menus. Yep. Has a new bar menu up right now. Okay. Um, and that's one of my secret hideouts for is lunch. It? Is like that your can, off the grid can, spot? It's my, when I'm, well, not now, because I'm yeah. telling everybody. Yeah. Jeez, that was smart. Uh-huh. Uh, sit there with my computer and um, have some meetings. It's a good meeting place in between East and West here. Uh, West suburbs. Yeah. Well, folks. it's in St. Louis Park, kind of uh, France France, and and uh, Lake Street. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Sort of extension. Excelsior anyway, so look for some new menus there. Okay. Um, you ate at Red Wagon this week, too. I ate at Red Wagon this week. And you guys, I mean, I've always enjoyed Red Wagon, but they have a new gluten-free crust that they are getting from Sift Gluten-Free Bakery. Oh. It is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're hap- they're happy with it, happier than their old crust that they were getting. And the reason that they don't make their own gluten free crust is because there would be a contamination factor in their. They're trying to be really, really yes. true to really the gluten free process. Right? Uh, so they're sourcing it from Sift, and it is really, really tasty. But they also have some menu items now that they are designating as AIP friendly. Um, and they had this. We had this little taste. It's called Sticky Roots. Sticky Roots. And it was like broccolini, squash, and carrots, like spears, wrapped in prosciutto, fired in the oven, and then drizzled with a little maple. It was delicious. Oh, that sounds lovely. It really was. So that that would be like an appetizer. Yes, you appetizer. Okay, for sure. So anyway, a couple new menu items on there, and the, and just the fact that they are designating things specifically as AIP is going to help a lot of people out there that. Might have you know some other eating issues. Yeah, no, there's definitely uh, there's definitely a place for, and there are a couple resources, aren't there, for AIP restaurants? I mean, like as far as lists, there is an AIP uh, Facebook group. Okay, uh, in the Twin Cities, for, specifically for Minneapolis, St. Paul, and a lot of good information on restaurants out there and where to eat. Okay, that's good. All right, um, I wanted to let you know there's a new cute little place in Hopkins. We talked about Hanson had said that she was very excited about this. I think a couple weeks ago. And it's called Cream and Amber, and they are open. Mm. And it's a bookshop that sells beer and wine. Or, I'm sorry, beer and coffee. Okay. And it's like a cute little place. It's not a huge, it's not like a Barnes & Noble size. Yeah. Just remember. But it is a cute little place that you can pop in and grab. Uh, you know, they have a curated kind of list of books, and then they've got a little bar where you can go try craft beer. And it's an independent bookstore. Independent bookstore, which you kind of have to celebrate. Yeah, My you, goodness. I want to celebrate that. I know. Uh, we mentioned Bullshorn a little bit earlier. <laughs> yep. But I got word from Miss Amy Greeley. They are going to have a full liquor license soon. They're doing the South Minneapolis thing, They're huh? They're doing it. It has opened up. Red Wagon has that, yes, too. Sorry, we forgot to tie that together. But um, yes, after voting in November, we got some new legislation that is allowing these neighborhood residential restaurants um, to have full liquor, which has never been done before. Yep. So look for nice. some new cocktails at some of your, your local bars. I know. Well, Bar- bars. I said that very. Bars. 
Yeah, that was the thing is like it just took a little while to get the permitting done. I know that people were yeah. like, "Where are the where's the booze?" And well, they also had to decide what their mix was going to be and how they were going to apply mm-hmm. it because it does affect your business in different ways. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not for everybody, right? It's not for right. every local neighborhood restaurant. Doesn't make sense. But. In fact, Red Wagon, I think they're not. They have cocktails on tap. But they, I don't think that they're doing a big mixing program where you can just come and get like a Jack and Coke. No, thing. not to my knowledge. It, yeah. it will be some curated, you know, kegged cocktails, yeah. basically. And I think uh, Eric Eastman helped them with that. I think it's really smart the fact that there's, you know, when you do an open bar situation, you are, or you have a bar situation and you're doing full liquor and you don't want to just have the variables because you also then need to hire someone you know, necessarily a bartender who would know how to make drinks. Whereas before, if you just had servers manning the bar because it was beer and wine, right. that's a different level because so they may not know how to make a Rob Roy or how to right. make a Cosmopolitan. But having a kegged cocktail completely changes that level too. Well, there's a, yes, the staff knowledge base. Yeah. Um, the serving, the liability, honestly, when you have full liquor is different, but also the inventory. Like if you're going to have a full bar, yeah. like that's a lot of stuff to bring in if you haven't been doing that before. Right, exactly. So maybe it's something they graduated. And then you have, this con- is a good yeah. first step. Yeah, you have controls too, by the way, because then you have to like, lock, you may have to lock liquor room for bottles and that right. you don't have that before because you've just had kegs. Interesting stuff. Lots of things to think yeah. about. Um, letting you know too about, did you hear about the thing that's happening, the exhibit this month at Mia? About yes. Alcohol's Empire? Yes. So interesting. I think this is really cool, you guys. If you want to get to Mia, uh, the exhibit opened on Friday, and it is a, a collaboration between the Wangenstein Historical Library at the U of M, Tattersall Distilling, and Mia, and they're exploring drinking in the 18th century Atlantic world, what they're so talking cool. about. Yes. And it's really about, um, you know, they have like talks and, and displays. Uh, Tattersall found uh what they did is they went to they found they worked with the wagon scene library and they found some historical texts um recipes and they used it to make um spirits that that are like from the antediluvian times i can just see danoski geeking out on this totally can't you i know well done dan i know i think it's really interesting it wasn't just dan but right no it was there i'm trying to find the um, but they also have in the galleries, you guys, they have as part of the living rooms installation of the decorate arts and the prints. They have uh, a great uh, it opens on Monday called an exhibit called Beer Before Liquor, Alcohol and Its Pasts. And uh, I think that's kind of interesting, too, to kind of go look at all that. How stuff. long does it run? Because I'm going in April for the Egyptian sunken treasures before it leaves. Yeah, I'm not 100 I wonder sure. if I can do a double dose. I feel like you can. I feel like you can. Um there's, uh, I feel like it's through, maybe it's through the summer. I'm not 100% sure. And it doesn't say. Um, but there are uh, really interesting things if you click onto the website, just in terms of how alcohol went from medicinal, you know, things to social and how they were really thought of as a medical cure. Um, and I'm sorry, we don't think that now. Yes, we, in different <laughs> ways. We did the virtues with uh, excellent waters, is what they called them. Excellent waters. Excellent I waters. Love that. I know. The next time I call you for happy, I'm really saying, would you like to go which, partake shall some we, excellent waters? Shall we partake in some excellent waters? I believe that that is correct. Yeah. No, it's really interesting to look at how it, the empire really, and I mean, my God, when you think of the money that goes into the alcohol production and, and today, it's kind of astounding. So mm-hmm. so there you go. Lots of good stuff happening. Um also, just wanted to call out the K-pop dinners that are happening at Tori Ramen because yes. I'm kind of excited about that. Monday and Tuesday, I think Monday, St. Paul, Tuesday's Minneapolis, their locations, and they're doing uh, Korean K-pop food and music and fun stuff. So, 
Is it their same chef that is working on that? Yeah. Are they bringing in an outside? No, it's they're just, just it's them just playing their... around from what I understand. So okay. that's exciting. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have Ann Kim on the line and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what went down at Young Joni earlier this week and how they've come out of it. So we'll be right back. This is The Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thank you for joining us today. It has been such a good show. Hopefully you guys uh, loved it all. If you missed any portion of it, don't forget you can download the podcast or find it wherever podcasts are. And we're going to have uh, we have bonus content, obviously, up second helpings. Always some fun stuff. I think Hanson, who is in Mexico right now, has posted a couple things about her market tour. So it should be kind of oh, cool. Oh, she's in Mexico. I know. I feel anyway. so bad for her. <laughs> anyway, we have Ann Kim on the line. Ann, are you there? I am. Good morning. Hi, Miss Ann. How are you? I'm doing well, considering. Considering the fact that your restaurant on Sunday night during the go- or during the Oscars caught fire. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But we have overcome, and we're back, we're up and running uh, much quicker than we ever possibly imagined. I so was really surprised at the turnaround. Us. So kudos to you guys and your team. That's amazing. Thank you. I have some of the best in the business, so it's all because of them. So tell me a little bit. Okay, so what exactly happened? In, I mean, was it, is it, I read that it was a chimney fire, or was it something that, were you guys in the restaurant and working when it happened? We were. The fire happened around 6.30, so the restaurant was full. We had guests. We had a full team on uh, working that evening, and basically the fire started um, in our secondary wood-fired oven, and uh, it started in the ceiling, and that's where it was first noticed by a guest at the chef counter, and as soon as it was identified, we called 911 and made sure that everyone got out safely. So luckily nobody was hurt, and there was actually very relative minimal damage um, considering uh you know, it could have been so much worse and uh, it was contained and we were able to get it out. And a big shout out to the Minneapolis Fire Department, Ugh. which ironically, Precinct 2 happens to be right next door. And, and they came and they were able to take care of it uh, very quickly. Wow. I yeah, because if you had even had to wait a couple more minutes, different story. Oh, yeah. And if you remember Sunday night, it was extremely windy yep. and cold. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fire department did come in and uh, take out the fire in the building, but they also cut some holes in the roof in order to make sure that it wasn't spreading through right. the ceiling. So, so we are very, very lucky. Wow. So now, did as far as your management team, did they? I mean, like, was is there a panic that happens with that, or is that a, oh my god? Like, how did, was the restaurant? Did it did it feel like everybody kind of knew to get out and be calm about everything? No, it was. In, I mean, this is what, when I say we have the best of the best. Uh, in times of crisis, you really see um, what your leadership is made up of, and they just rose to the occasion. They stayed calm. They stayed collected. They did everything they should have done and above and beyond, and I actually was not at the restaurant at the moment, and I received the phone call and uh, got there as soon as possible, and as you can imagine, um, when you drive up and the whole street 13th Avenue is blocked off. So I had to park a couple blocks away. And as I'm walking up, I see half a dozen fire trucks, half a dozen police cars and ambulance. Your, your oh, mind no. goes to the darkest place. Yeah. Ugh. But I was able to connect with my team and they did 
everything they should have. And this is all because of, of, of their hard work and making sure that things, that people were safe and uh, we were up and running um, literally uh, just a few days afterwards. I mean, just around the clock. Incredible. Well, and just because yeah. you, you obviously do, I mean, like you guys embrace fire through the wood oven and through the grill and everything else. Is this something that you guys had trained? I mean, at all for, or was there, is that just sort of, I mean, I know during openings, we all train for emergency situations, but I just didn't know if it's like, that's a more, was it more top Active of mind? Concern, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously I don't think anyone trains uh, to put out a fire, right, but no. we obviously take all the steps necessary to ensure that we can uh, cook in a safe environment. The chimneys are cleaned regularly and we follow all the necessary steps. It really was a freak accident. We're still not quite sure what happened, yeah. but we do know that it happened in the flue of the secondary wood-fired oven, um, and uh, that's where it caught, and it started, um, it really, and honestly, because it started above um, the, the sprinkler system, uh, that Oops. actually didn't go off, yeah. um, and we were able to notice it, we believe, rel- pretty much within seconds of the fire happening and because of that we were able to um, minimize the damage and get everybody out safely amazing and so you guys opened up on wednesday night with the back bar Mm -hmm. and then and then opened completely for and everything is set and young Joni is fully functional once again yes uh the secondary oven uh still needs to be repaired but we felt it was more important to get our staff um, uh, back into the restaurant working. Um, and so right now we have about 90% of the menu and uh, we're working very hard to figure out ways to do the other 10% um, and spread that amongst our pizza oven and the grill. And by next week, we should have everything back on the menu. But we do ask for People have been tremendous in terms of the outpouring of support and love, not only from my colleagues and community, but people I don't even know. And they've been bringing family meal. Um, they've been just offering all kinds of support. And other people have asked, been asking, what can we do? What can we do? And what I say is come out, have something to eat, raise a glass, have some cocktails, and um come celebrate with us. And so that's what you can do. <laughs> that's perfect. Yep. And I think that is yeah. a great idea to do and to kind of, and my God, the, just the warmth of the hospitality at Young Joni obviously is something to celebrate, but just to be a part of that community and support a restaurant that could use a little boost right now, just because of it is besides the fact of you, you know, are closed for a certain amount of days and you lose money and servers lose money. Right. Yeah. You know, it's that idea yeah. of putting back that like positive vibe back into the place and really lifting everybody's spirits. I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was, I mean, obviously it was devastating to to have to go through that, but honestly it was people's support, their comments. Um, again, like that, that's what kept us going throughout, throughout the last few days. So I just want to say thank you on behalf of the team and myself to everyone. Awesome. Yeah. Kudos awesome. to you guys. Well done, Anne. Okay. You go and do some more stretching and yoga and, and get your head <laughs> in the right place, girl. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, and also Have congratulations on the James Beard yes. nod, by the way. Let's end on a high note. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well done. Thank you. you very much. All right. Yes, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, bye-bye. Yeah, it's true. And that's, you know, the idea of it being, um, 
Yeah, the idea of there being a way to sort of support people. I mean, I think that one thing that the restaurant community does really well is support each other. Yes. And, and it is, it's a very close-knit community, even for as large as it is. Yeah. And, and a lot of people have worked with each other and been into other's kitchens, and they want to see it, everyone su- succeed. Right. So. And I do think a lot of people are like, well, they're so busy, they're going to be fine. Yeah, but don't rely on that. You know, it's like if we all sit back and say, well, everyone's going to be fine. Nothing ever happens. Well, and this is what always happens when one of a beloved restaurant closes. And yeah. They, and they're like, oh, I would. Well, I yeah, wish I would gone. I know. You, it may not have closed if we had all gone when we thought about it. Yeah, definitely make sure that you. I was just thinking as I was driving here today, I was having what am I hungry for moments. And I always and for some reason I was thinking, you know how long it's been since I've been to Revival to get a chi- some fried chicken? Right. I totally want some fried chicken from Revival right now. And I was thinking about that. close by. I know, and they're not, it's not like they're, they're going to close or anything. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I often think of Young Joni's Pizzas too, because yep. I think, uh, you know, God, that sausage pepperoni one that she has on there is like the one that I, like I, I dream about, you well, know what I mean? Well, some amazing salads and then that whole fish I know. situation. I know. that. Well, so and good. that's true. I mean, like all, uh, so many of those Are dishes. Are open for brunch? on the weekends i don't know if they are right now because of the fire but yeah um but Anne, i mean that's another know? thing where a lot of people tend to think well young Joni's always packed you can't get in and i think well god right now why don't you go and see <laughs> you know right. that would be a great time so let's uh i mean you know going and supporting everybody would be a really wonderful thing and and again the coverage also from everybody to make sure that everyone knew what was going on mm-hmm. i was watching the oscars and i was like seeing the tweets and i was like oh my god what is going on mm-hmm. so Anyway, kudos to those guys. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining today. Malls, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, Elizabeth Reese is filling in next weekend, you guys. So stay tuned for talks about chickens and things like that, as we (laughs) are wont to do when she's here. So we'll be uh, seeing you next week. Thanks for joining. Ciao, ciao.